You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us here today. And uh, we just saw a promo video for our She Gathering on your seat. Uh, yeah, that you can clap for that. She Gathering is like, if you don't know what She Gathering is, it's like, it's like lots of women all in a room having fun. Guys are at home watching kids. And it's going to be the best night of your life, guys, because you're going to do something for your wife. And she's going to come back and she's going to love you better. I promise you that. And so uh, you want to make sure, ladies, that you're at She Gathering. I heard Los Bacados is going to be there. Uh, it's going to be a great night. If you've never been to a She Gathering, it's, it's an event you want to take part of. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, but today we've been in this series that we started last week called The Power of One. And we've really, what we're talking about in this series is we're talking about the power of our decisions and how one decision can change everything in our lives. And so many times we forget the power of choice and how big of a deal our choices are. You know, in life we make choices and then our choices make us. And the choices we make are determining our future. In fact, we said it like this last week, and it's on your worship, God. It's on your outline. It is your decisions, not your desires, that determine your destiny. So many people are just hoping for a better future. They're wishing for a better future, but it's not our desires that are going to take us to a better place. It is actually the decisions that we are making today that are going to determine our destinies tomorrow. And the power of choice is so big. And we have the, we have the decision, we have the ability to make choices today, and we will be slaves to those choices later. In fact, I found this quote by uh, Jim Collins. He's a famous author. It was actually in his book, Good to Great. He studied the greatest companies that are throughout the world. And he said, what is the difference between a great company and an average company? What's the difference between a great CEO and a, a, a CEO that does not succeed as much? And this is what he said. He says, greatness is not a function of circumstances. Greatness, it turns out, is largely a matter of conscious choice and discipline. In other words, it's not what happens to you in life, it's what's happening within you in life that determines your destiny. And today I want to talk to you about a choice that I think is a choice that all of us have to choose on a daily basis. And I think it's a choice that for a lot of us has been plaguing us and hurting us in life. And it's actually been hindering us from fulfilling the purpose and destiny that God has for every single one of our lives. Because it's a choice that we are faced with daily that has some dire consequences. But a lot of us don't choose the right thing. And today what I want to talk about is I want to talk about making the choice, if you're taking notes, to release the offense. In the words of the great prophetess Elsa, let it go, let it go. Right? Because uh, offense is something that happens all the time. We live in a very, very offensive world today where people have a tendency to get offended and we all deal with offense like there is not a single one of us that is immune from it I know some of you guys are thinking to yourselves well I don't deal with this like it's not a problem in my life I don't ever get offended it reminds me of a story of Muhammad Ali was on an airplane they're getting ready to take off if you don't know who Muhammad Ali is he's the greatest boxer of all time he's on this airplane a stewardess is walking down the aisle helping telling people to put their seat belts on she gets to Muhammad Ali and she goes uh, Mr. Ali I'm gonna need you to put your seat belt on to which he responds, Superman don't need no seatbelt. 
And she quickly replies back, Superman doesn't need an airplane either. Put your seatbelt on. We're about to fly. Let me just tell you something, Coastal. You are not Superman. You are not Wonder Woman. You're not Captain America. We all deal with offense in life. And I want to talk about how do we deal with offense healthy because we need this message more than ever right now in America. We need this message more than ever right now in our lives because there is so much offense that's out there. Jesus actually said it like this in Luke chapter 17. He said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Did you check that out? Jesus said it's impossible that you're not going to have offended moments happen in your life because they are going to come to you so you better be prepared for them. And haven't you noticed today that we live in a world that is more offended, that is more angry, that is more like willing to tell you everything that is wrong and how they're hurt and everything you did wrong and how they're struggling with everything. Why? Because people get offended. People get offended all the time at me. I don't know if you realize this or not, but every week I prepare a message that is between three and 4,000 words every single week. And there have been so many people that have got, I get emails every week from people that are offended. And there, it's, it's almost like I can't preach a single week without somebody being offended at something. I say, I've had more people leave Coastal Community Church because they've been offended at cat comments that I have made. Coastal, I told them that their cat was useless, that it was lazy, that it's a nuisance, that it's no good, and it's the most worthless animal on the face of the planet, and it's also ugly. And people just get offended. We get offended all the time. We get offended at people. We get offended at the government. If one side does one thing, it's something, the other side is totally offended by that. We get offended at the drive-thru. They forgot to put the Chick-fil-A sauce in the bag when I asked for Chick-fil-A sauce. How many of y'all know that's an offensive moment right there? Or you go to some other place and you ask for some sauce and they're like, that'll be 25 cents. I'm like, what? You want 25 cents for some sauce? Here's my visa. I hate you. I'm offended. <laughs> we just get offended. We get offended at drivers. Can we all admit that South Florida has the worst drivers in the world? Why? Because they're all from up north in foreign countries. Let's just be honest. Worst drive, like it's so easy to get it. I, can I be honest with you as your pastor? Please don't judge me on this. We, we were down in Miami last month, and we were down on the South Beach. And, uh, and down on South Beach, there's not a lot of parking. So like when somebody is pulling out of a spot, you stop to get that parking spot, right? And so we're down on South Beach, and I stopped to get this parking spot. I put my turn signal on so the people behind me will know that I'm not just stopping for no reason, right? I'm being considerate. And uh, wouldn't you know, I'm sitting there. This person is pulling out of a spot. I'm waiting on them with my turn signal on with my beautiful wife next to me. And uh, the person behind me starts to honk. And, and I'm like, oh, they must not notice my turn. So, no. so I just kind of like point like, hey, I'm, I'm waiting for this spot. And, and so they start honking some more. And then the person behind them starts honking some more. And do you know, I got so offended in that moment that I waved to them with a singular finger. <laughs> Shayla's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just mad. 
I know you just lost all respect for me, but I got offended. I, like, I was repenting right there. I was like, Jesus, please don't strike me down. <laughs> we get offended in church. They didn't sing the song that I liked. They didn't, they didn't respond to my email quick enough. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't have the connect group I wanted. If you come to Saturday night, they stopped serving pizza after service. Oh, yeah, I heard you. And because they get offended, they're going, man, I'm going to just go find another church. And, and the problem is, is they go to that church and they realize that that church offends them too because it wasn't really ever a church problem. It was a problem that they had within them that they've never learned how to get rid of the offense in their life. So no matter where they go, offense is still there. People get offended at God. God didn't answer my prayer how I thought he would. God told me to do something I didn't want to do. I read God's word and I didn't like it, so I got offended. And we live in a world where people get Get offended. Jesus said in the end times in Matthew chapter 24, he says, hey, this is how you know it's going to come to the end. He says this, then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Isn't that our world today? Everybody's upset about something, anything, anything they can think about, they are getting offended. And let me just prove that like we're near the end. True news story, Dania Beach. This is right here, Broward County. It says a woman faces aggravated assault charges after authorities say she passed gas in a line at a dollar store and pulled a knife on a man who complained about it. Broward County, this Broward County Sheriff's Report, the woman passed gas while waiting in line at the Dollar General Sunday night and nearby and upset a nearby customer. The report says the offended customer and the woman got into an argument in reference to the defendant farting loudly. She pulls out a knife and tells the guy, I'm going to gut you. And she got arrested. Why? Because people get offended. So what do we do about this? Because the Bible, when, when Jesus talks about this word offense, he's actually referring to the original Greek word, which is the word scandalizio. And the word scandalizio literally means a scandal. So when Jesus said, hey, man, so what happens is, is something happens and there's some sort of scandalous thing. It's like, it's like when you go and you watch Netflix and you watch that first show and it kind of leaves you on the edge because you're like, what's going to happen next, right? You've got to go and watch the next Netflix show. And then when it gets to the end of that one, you're, you're waiting like, what's going to happen next? So you watch the next one. Why? Because there's something scandalous about it that makes you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into it. He says, man, an offense is like a scandal or the other word that it references is the word trap because it isn't just an of something that happens to you it's something that all of a sudden begins to trap you in life and so Jesus says hey people are going to be offended in other words they're going to fall into this trap in life that's going to hold you captive and you know who you are if you're captive by offense because this is not something that happened to you a day ago or a week ago or a month ago or even a year ago this happened years ago decades ago and you're still thinking about it, you're still contemplating it, you're still going back and stalking that person on Facebook and seeing what they're doing and how they're acting and how they're living, why? Because the enemy's greatest goal is to trap you in offense and keep you from your destiny and from your purpose in life. 
Let me explain to you like this. It's kind of like this, this little dog right here. And uh, let me use this dog as an example because I could have used a cat, but nobody would care <laughs> if I used a cat. So just checking your offense level right now, seeing where it's at. But this dog is like all of us. It, it, it gets offended. Somebody did something that hurt him. Somebody did not invite him out when everybody else went out. He, he, maybe he got abused by someone. Somebody, somebody uh, did him dirty in a business deal. And all of a sudden what happens in life is, is he gets offended in life. And, and so our little guy, he, he starts out and he has an offense. And he has a choice like the rest of us in life. He has one of two choices. He can release that offense and, and walk away from the situation. Or he can, he can choose to kind of spend some time on that offense. And so what happens is, is, is this guy, this guy gets offended. And, and, and so he starts thinking about that offense. He starts contemplating that offense. He, he like it's going through his mind here and uh and and what happens is is he gets offended a little bit and then he goes and he does this thing where he talks to his friends about the offense and he's like hey did you did you can you believe this happened to me can you believe they said this or did this or i gotta back this up because this thing is not working very well on me he gets offended and then he starts talking to him then he does the craziest thing he goes and he goes on facebook and decides to post his offense for every single other person in the world for them to see it so they can argue about it and contemplate it and tell him that he's right and they're wrong and then after that he just thinks about it some more he thinks about it some more and before long he just keeps going deeper and deeper to where eventually he's in so deep That he's just moving. Like he's just, he just hanging out. He just, he just at the end, he's just spinning his wheels. And here's how you know you're trapped in a fence. You're moving, but you're not going anywhere in life. Like, you're still talking about the divorce 10 years ago. You're still talking about the fact that you had to claim bankruptcy 15 years ago. You're still upset and looking at Facebook because they dumped you right before the wedding. And you're like, I'm moving, but you're stagnant. You're trapped. And here's the good news, church. Jesus came to set you free. Like, you don't have to stay trapped in the offense of the past that is keeping you from your future. Because here's what you need to know. Offense is an event. But offended is a decision. And so many of us, Something happened to us. It was an event. But then we made a decision to keep it in our life. And it has kept us trapped for life. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 19 says this. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments that separate friends 
are like a gate locked with bars. So here it shows us that, man, when you're offended, you can't win in so many areas of your life. You're, you're like, man, I, I, I want to move into that, that relationship. The problem is, is you're still holding on to the last relationship. You, you want to move forward in your career. The problem is, is you're still offended from your last job, which is keeping you from getting that promotion in your new job. So many of us, we want to move forward, but we are still stuck in our past because we have this offense in our lives. And here's what I want to challenge you with today is I want to challenge you, how do we move forward in a very offensive world and not be offended? Like, how do we get rid of the offense and live offense-free in an offensive world? And there's three things I want to give you here today. Number one is this, we have got to guard our heart. You have got to guard your heart because you need to understand that people are going to hurt you people are going to let you down people are not going to invite you to that party people are going to to do and say things that are going to penetrate deep into your life if you allow it and you have got to learn how to guard your heart and here's what I've learned. Offensive things are going to happen to me in life. The problem is, is I can't let those things in here. Like I can go down the road on 95 and somebody is going to cut me off and I can be upset in that moment. The problem is, is when it moves beyond that moment and I'm up at two or 3 a.m. tossing and turning about it. There is a difference between those two scenarios. One of those is an offense happened to me. I'm upset in that moment, I let it go. The other one is, is I have allowed it to penetrate my heart and now it is impacting my life. It has moved beyond the event to where it has penetrated deep into my heart. And you have got to make sure that you're not allowing it to go into your heart. In fact, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, guard your heart above all else. So like the Bible saying like above everything else, here is the one thing that you need to do. You need to make sure that nothing is getting in your heart that is not supposed to get in your heart. It says, for it determines the course of your life. In other words, what gets in your heart is going to direct your life. So when you let offense into your heart, what happens is it, it doesn't just um, impact that one little area. It dirties every area. So all of a sudden you're offended, not just in your business realm, but now you're offended with your wife. That offense is trickling down to your kids. That offense is trickling down to every relationship you have. Why? Because it directs the course of your life. It isn't just directing one aspect of your life. It impacts every single aspect of your life. That's why offensive, offensive things can happen it to me without offense living in me. And that is the goal for all of us is these offensive things are going to happen. Like we are going to have people let us down. They are people. Like people are going to hurt you. They are selfish. Don't allow those things into your heart. You have got to guard your heart. Well, TJ, how do I do that? Man, get some people around you. It's one of the reasons why we tell you get in connect groups, which you'll have an opportunity to do next weekend. Get around relationships. Man, get in God's word. Spend time in his word. It says, your word I've hid in my heart so that I might not sin against God. We got to hide God's word in our heart so that we're not letting sin, we're not letting those things fester inside of us. You got to spend some time in prayer. God, I want to release this thing. I don't want to hold on to something in my life that is not meant for to be there. So I'm going to let this go. And what we need to do is, number two, is not only guard our hearts, but number two, we have to be quick to forgive. 
And Jesus is our example in this. And I love Jesus' example for forgiveness because he shows us how quick we should forgive in life. Now, it's interesting. I want you to think about this. Jesus comes to this earth, lives a perfect life. And in the midst of that perfect life, he gets betrayed. He gets rejected. He gets beaten, he gets abused, he gets sold out, he gets nailed to a cross. And while Jesus is on the cross, nailed in the midst of the worst suffering and the worst pain, he says something that's profound. And think about this, he did not have a chance to go to counseling. He didn't have a chance to process it all. Like he didn't get to do any of those things that we say, well, I, this is what I need to do to go through my process. No, no, no. Jesus shows us the model. In Luke chapter 23, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Right in the middle of it. Because they don't have a clue what they are doing. In the midst of his greatest pain, in the midst of the greatest offense ever taken on humanity, Jesus says, man, I'm going to forgive them fast. And I think that this is a lesson for every single one of us in this room, myself included, that, man, we have got to forgive fast because so many of us, we're waiting on somebody else to do something first. And the problem is, is when we're waiting on somebody else, we'll never live in freedom. Colossians chapter 3 says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. So what this means is that we should wake up every day and go, you know what, I'm making allowances ahead of time because I know people are stupid and you can only love stupid, you can't fix it. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and make a decision ahead of time that I'm gonna forgive people. Somebody's gonna do something that's gonna be dirty to me that today and I'm just gonna choose ahead of time that I'm gonna live with this aspect of forgiveness. I'm gonna forgive them quickly. Why? It says, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must Forgive others. Notice there's no contingency here. Like, in this situation, you don't have to. No, no, it says, so you must forgive them. Doesn't matter how bad it is. Doesn't matter what they did. It says, you have to learn to forgive. And people tell me, man, it's just too difficult or too hard. It's too big, man. I just can't do it. And here's what I think about it. Unforgiveness is a lot like this. And we're going to just call this a tumor. It's like a tumor. It's like a tumor that you have in your life. When you have this tumor in your life, it looks ridiculous, doesn't it? Like it's big, it's, it's growing. And here's the reality, this tumor, like what they did to you, it's real. Like how they abused you, it's real. How they rejected you, it's so real. How they broke your heart, it's real. I'm not saying this is not real because it is real. What I am saying though, is you've got to release this and when you hear a message like this, you're like, but TJ, this is, this is real. And so what'll happen is people give me the reasons why they can't forgive. And here's what they'll tell me. TJ, what they did was too big. It's just, it's just too big. Here's the deal though, if it's too big, 
Like if this is too big and if it's impacting you so much and it's such a load on your life and it's so heavy in your life, wouldn't you want to get rid of that big thing and get a little bit lighter? Like I know, I know it's big, but isn't this continuing to grow and expand and infiltrate your life? Isn't that going to get even bigger? So wouldn't we want to get out of that and release it so that we can walk free? Or how about this one? Well, they didn't say they were sorry. I hear this one all the time. Well, they didn't say they're sorry. So what you're telling me is your freedom is contingent upon their actions. So you're going to allow them to continue to torment you. You're going to allow them to continue to own you. Based on a situation and a circumstance, they don't even remember. And you're going to allow yourself to continually be the victim because they didn't say they were sorry. Why? Why are you giving that person that much power in your life when God has given you the ability to release the offense, even if they never say they're sorry, even if they never admit they're wrong, even if they never even recognize the fact that they hurt you in life? Why would you continue to walk around with this growth in your life because you're waiting on them to respond to you? I love what Joyce Meyer says. She says, unforgiveness is like drinking poison but expecting somebody else to die. You're walking around suffering thinking like, man, they're going to hurt out of this, but you're the one. You're the one that's being hindered. You're the one that's being hurt. You're the one that's being denied your future. How about this one? Well, if I forgive them, they'll just do it again. They'll just do it again. Now, this is interesting to me because whether they do it again or not, it doesn't matter. Why would I want to walk around with this in my life? Because here's the thing, if they're going to do it again, and I'm not willing to get rid of this, you know what that means? I'm going to have another one right here. I'm going to have another one right here. I'm going to have one right here. I might have some back finally. Inappropriate, okay. The point is, is if they're going to do it again, you know what I want to do? I want to get rid of this as quick as possible so that I learn how to get free from this so that the next time it happens, I can get rid of this really fast again. Like, I don't want them to continue to hinder my life. And, and I wrote it down like this. Followers of Christ lose their right to be offended. Oh, TJ, I don't like that. But Jesus said, forgive them quick. I love what C.S. Lewis wrote. He wrote this. He says this, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. So what do you do in a world that offends and hurts you? Here's what I know is we have a daily choice to live bitter because of what others have done or better because of what Jesus has already done for each and every one of us. And so here's the reality. Some people have hurt you, and they've really hurt you. But you have to choose to walk in forgiveness, and you have to choose to forgive quickly. And then number three, you got to move on. You've got to move on. And uh, I love you. I'm your pastor. Man, I have compassion for your situation. I have empathy for where you are and what you have gone through. And I'm going to say this next statement with the most love and grace that I can. And here's the deal. I know 
what you went through was hard. I know what you went through was tough. I know it happened. But you need to hear this. You need to move on. I know it was terrible, but here's what you need to know. There is a future ahead of you. There is a purpose in your distance. And if you continue to live in your past, you're never going to experience the purpose in your future. Because the potential ahead of me is so much greater than the pain behind me. And I know the pain is huge, and I know it's real, and I know the disappointment is there. And it's got you trapped like this little dog in this cage, just spinning its wheels. But you do not have to stay there anymore. In 1993, there was a, there was a conflict in Somalia. And uh, the U.S. Army sent in some Delta Force to go capture this drug lord. And in the middle of trying to capture this drug lord, they sent in some, some uh, Black Hawk helicopters. And, and in the midst of it, one of the Black Hawk helicopters got shot down and they ended up making a movie called Black Hawk Down based on this helicopter getting shot down. And because there were soldiers on the ground there, the army has a policy like we leave no man left behind. And so they sent in some more Delta Force people to go rescue them and they were getting bombarded by all these militia of this drug lord and in one of the most intense battle scenes in this movie there is this moment where this colonel is talking to a sergeant a humvee is sitting right outside their spot and they know that they have got to move in this moment or they're going to be pinned down and trapped and they're going to end up losing their lives and this colonel says to the sergeant hey Sergeant, I need you to get into the vehicle and drive. And the sergeant responds back to the colonel. He goes, but, but colonel, I can't. I'm shot. And the colonel looks around and he goes, son, everybody's shot. Get in the car and drive. Coastal, you need to hear me here. Everybody's been shot. Everybody has experienced hurt. Everybody has experienced pain. Everybody has experienced rejection. Everybody has experienced what you're experiencing. Maybe they're not on the same level or the same degree, but it's time for you to get up and move on. There is a greater purpose ahead of you than staying trapped in the position you're in right now. God did not bring you here today to leave you in the place you came in at. It's time for some of us to begin to release the offense. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying that it will be powerful in your life. So will you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? And maybe you're here today, and here's what I know is if you made it to 2021, you've probably got some hurt. You've probably got some offense. You've probably got some pain in your life that you need to release. And here's what I know, man. Tons of hands last night. Tons of people said, man, there is some, there's some offense still in my life. There's some hurt still in my life that I'm living with that has got me hindered and got me trapped. And if you're here today and you would, you'd be honest enough with every head bowed and every eye closed to say, you know what, Pastor TJ? That's me. I've got... I've got something still in my life, and today is the day that I don't want to stay trapped anymore. This is the year that I'm going to break free out of the cage of, 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 of something holding me back and walk into the ultimate purpose that God has for my life by releasing the offense with every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you, if you just slip your hand up real quick, just throw it up in the air. Man, hands going up, hands going up all over the place. 
And here's what I would ask you to do. This is going to be a little bit bold with that one hand already slipped up in there. If you just slip up the other hand in an act of surrender, just kind of have both those hands up here in this moment. I just want to pray for you. God, I just pray for every single person that's got their hands up right now that there is some sort of offense that is in their life. I thank you that you loved us so much that when we were most offensive to you, you sent a way for us to receive your forgiveness and your healing through your son, Jesus Christ. I pray right now, whatever that offense is, whatever that hurt is, whatever that bitterness is, whatever that rage is right now, that as they hand that over to you, Jesus, that it would begin to dissipate out of their life right now. God, that you'd begin to do a healing miracle in the depths of their soul, that that those places that have been uh, a cage would all of a sudden become a place of freedom in their life. And God, that they would not walk out of here with the burden of life anymore, but they would walk out with the freedom of your spirit alive and active in their life. God, heal them, transform them, renew their mind right here, right now in this place. And God, here's what I know is maybe there's some people you guys can put your hands down. Maybe you're here and you've never experienced a relationship with the creator of the universe. A God that loved you so much that he knew that you would live in a very, very offensive world and you would live in a world where you could get hurt and broken. He said, you know what? I want to make a way where there was no way. And maybe you've never begun a relationship with Jesus before and I want to give you the opportunity to do that because God loved you so much that 2,000 years ago he sent his one and only son to come and live on this earth to die that sinner's death beaten and broken and and rejected all the things that we experience and then he rose him from the grave three days later so that you and i could have life and have it more abundantly so that we could be reconnected in relationship to our heavenly father who created us from the very beginning of time and maybe you've never prayed that prayer you prayed that prayer a long time ago and you say you know what pastor tj i need to pray that again i need god to come in real and authentic in my life if that's you here with every head bowed and every eye closed if you just slip your hand up at the count of three i'd love to pray with you one two three go ahead and slip that hand up one yes i see you Two, yes, I see you. Thank you. Three, yes, I see you. Anybody else? Anybody else? If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to forgive me, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Thank you for him rising from the grave three days after his death on the cross so that I could have life and have it more abundantly. Come to my heart. Come to my life. Change me. Transform me. Fill me with your love, your joy, your peace, your goodness, your, your mercy. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.